I don't know for um, those of you who are Panther fans. Any Panther fans in the house? Well, last year, I, uh, I bet a Seahawks fan a lobster dinner over who would win the game. And so I got four live lobsters in the mail. I'm not recommending betting. Just a, I had a wave of moral weakness come over me. And, but anyway, that same wave of moral weakness came over me again this weekend. And uh, I told him if the Panthers, if the Seahawks win, I would send him a Snickers. And if the Panthers win, he needed to send me some more lobster because I don't have enough faith to get them through. <laughs> oh, me. But let's pray for them anyway. Father, thank you for the Panthers. And the reason I pray for them, Lord, is they're part of our city. And they, they bring a lot of um, jobs and resource for which we are very, very grateful. Um, so protect and keep them from getting hurt, Lord. And we pray for the Seahawks that you would just keep them safe. <laughs> so fun. Everybody's good. I told you last week I'm going to quit asking. I'm going to start telling you how you are. Uh, I've learned over time that works a little bit better. I don't mind people being messed up, though. This is a great place to be if you're messed up. You know what? It is. It is because you got a chance. You got a chance for a change. I remembered years ago we would get sick. We'd go to church when we got sick because that was, you know, we couldn't get to the doctor. It was a good place to get healed, and we'd see people. Yeah, so we were just a little bit strange, but uh, it was pretty cool. Okay, I am going to do a part two of the importance of being thankful. Really, really there's so many benefits. As you can see uh, behind me on the screen, I have eight of them. I know they're really more than that, but you have to stop somewhere. It's the key to abiding in God's will. It's key to being a whole person. It enables us to access his presence. It's the key to supernatural provision. It releases us from depression, has the power to transform us can literally change our circumstances. Let's say that one together. Can literally change our circumstances, and it releases to us God's peace and his protection. And last week I sort of ran through most of these and, and sort of hit some of, the, some of the high spots. But if you um, weren't here or if you were here and like to hear it again, we do have it on our website under media. Um, so anyway, here we go. Let's take a look at some of, some of these in a little bit more detail. Um, Andy was talking about, uh, the presence, the presence of the Lord. And I grew up in, um, I grew up in a denomination that wasn't connected to, emotional experience as part of your faith. I don't know if that's a good way to say it, but it was a very healthy spiritual climate. I grew up in a Reformed Presbyterian home and um, devout people. I mean, way more devout than most people are today, let me tell you. They came to the United States. My forefathers came to the United States to 
express their religious freedom. They were being persecuted in, um, I believe it was Scotland, Ireland. Macmillan's pretty uh, Anglo-Saxon crowd. And, um, but pre-Revolutionary War, they came to America because they wanted to have religious freedom. And so they, yeah, I, I can't even imagine getting in a boat and sailing across the Atlantic Ocean when it's wind and sails. That's all you got, you know, scary. But that's what they did, and they settled in South Carolina and um, became publishers for this Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. I've got a tremendous heritage, so whenever I say, I, when, I, when I critique them, um, 95% of it would be something I really do appreciate and I'm thankful for. But um, this whole idea of the presence of God or having... Um, the kind of personal experience with God where you could feel his presence, you could sense um, him, was a little bit alien to, to our, our uh, circle. But now, to me, it's one of the most important parts. Um, I'm messing up here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. New toys for new boys, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, Psalm 100 reads this way. Why don't you read this with me? Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. I remember what we did last week when we hit the word shout. I'm sure it made a few of you nervous, which was the, didn't make God nervous because he gave it to us to do. But, and you know, anyway, make a joyful shout. Not now. Sorry. No, that was last. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye land. Let me stop a second. I have failed to do something so important. Sitting on the front row this morning is A.J. Whitehead and his wife, Carmelo. And A.J. is the real estate broker that got us this building. Why don't you stand up, A.J.? I want everybody to take a look at you. And his lovely wife. <laughs> he not only got us this one, he really got us the one over on Elizabeth Avenue, which it was a miracle. You do not get a building in downtown Charlotte for $2,000 a month. I don't care what shape it's in. You don't do it. AJ helped us do that and talked his company into it. They really didn't want to do it. AJ's amazing. If you have any commercial real estate needs, you need to buttonhold him and help him make a good living. But um, he talked his company into doing that for us. They didn't want to do it. And, and so we had an opportunity to grow the church for three years and have something for the kids. And um, that got us here. So, AJ, I'm so glad to see you. I hope we don't scare you off. Your family looks amazing. Your wife's almost as pretty as mine, and that's pretty cool. So... All right, all right. Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Let's say that. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And here's the verse about Thanksgiving, which is so central. 
I, I really do believe this. Thanksgiving is so essential to the Christian faith that if you are not thankful, you are going to have a very difficult time being a Christian. If you are thankful, you still will have a very difficult time being a Christian, but you'll enjoy it more. Yeah, you're not getting off the hook. You're just getting equipped to... I mean, it's awesome when you can actually live through your faith. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why should we do that? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I might just have to praise the Lord by myself here. We mentioned Psalm 1611 about the presence of the Lord. It says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. What might fullness of joy really, really look like? I believe joy is I've heard one of the, actually a Roman Catholic um, character who knew the Lord really well said that joy is an infallible proof of the presence of God. There's something so vital about joy. The joy of the Lord's your strength. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And so there's this... Um, heart um, experience or encounter you can have with God that's really, really wonderful. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And there's so many, um, so many Christians out there who think true, being truly spiritual means you're negative, narrow, and critical, and you become a social critic. Anybody anybody can find fault with something. Anybody can find fault with something. A friend of mine used to say, any jackass can kick down a barn. <laughs> Fair enough. But it takes a wise master builder to to really build something of value. And we you know there's been so much destructive language and conversation over the last months. But that's not who we are. That's not who, and, and I'll go on a little bit of thin ice here, that's not who true believers are. True believers are builders. True believers tap into this God they say they know because they do, but you tap into this God and he gives you his presence. He gives you his presence and his presence is something you feel in your emotions. You know, people say, well, that, that religion is so emotional. What isn't? I mean, we're emotional people. It's good to know how to get the good ones, though, right? In his presence is fullness of joy at your right hand. There, there are pleasures forevermore. I was thinking about uh, something Moses said um, in uh, Exodus thirty-three eleven. The history there was that Moses went up into the mount to meet with God, and before he could get back, 
they had built a golden calf and they were worshiping this golden calf, which really did not make the Lord happy. And um, God basically told Moses that the people, he's told them a lot of stuff I'm not going to get into, but he also did this at the end of it. He said, you should go ahead and take the people to the promised land. I'm not going to go, but I will send an angel to get you there. I don't know if you've ever really seen that in Exodus 33. That's really what was going on. The Lord says, I'm not going, but I'll get you there. And I'll send an angel, and there's some pretty remarkable, amazing angels that, that are, could pull that off, I'm sure. Um, but Moses said he was not willing to go any further from that place without the Lord himself going with him. And so you have this picture here of... Um, of the, and, and you can see this in people's lives, really... You have people that can obtain God's promise and promises, but lose his presence. In other words, you can get what God has and not have God. You see what I'm saying? Now, this, this may be... I think this is sort of higher-level Christianity. Honestly, some, some may have not even thought through this, but... Here's what happens. Any, anything you get and you lose that vital connection with God just becomes hollow and fruitless. Um, so we need to learn how to maintain that personal connection with the Lord. Well, see, basically, basically what we've been talking about is one of the primary ways you maintain connection with the Lord is through thanksgiving. And see, I said last week, you could say to me, well, I'm not a very thankful person. And I would say to you, well, that's why you're here this week. Not because you should be, because telling somebody they should be something that they're not is debilitating. It just makes you mad. And so I'm not trying to tell you you're not something you should be. Here's what I'm saying. If you can see him as he really is, and begin to be grateful for that reality, you're not, you're not starting anything. You're not developing anything. You're not creating anything. So it's not like works. What you're actually doing is beginning to see the goodness of God at a level to where you can express appreciation and thanksgiving. It's not a trick or a gimmick, although you can start it that way. I think if all you can do is crank out three or four thank you Jesuses in a row, that's a place to start. But if you can actually see what it is you're being thankful for. You see, that's what James Taylor said a couple weeks ago. He said, everybody needs to be thankful. The question is, to who? Because I guess he's an atheist or an agnostic or just a confused rock and roller. I don't know. But the thing is, when you identify the goodness of God and you begin to practice this whole gratefulness, your life will change. It will change. It really will. Um, Moving right along. Here's what I'm really saying. You can have God and his stuff. 
an old preacher I used to know used to criticize people for having it so good because he felt like you were a Christian, you really should just be suffering. He's, he, and so he'd make this comment, all this in heaven too. But he was really sort of mocking people that had blessings in their lives. But um, Matthew 6.33 says, if we seek first his kingdom, all these things shall be added to you. So there's this process of so... Um, accurately connecting to the Lord that you don't lose his presence and the blessings of God come into your life to a degree that people can see that God is a good God. God doesn't look at poverty-stricken monks and think God is a good God. They might think those are devout people. But no, God is not broke and he's not poor and and he's not having any trouble blessing people. We just have difficulty connecting to him in ways that that, that, uh, he can express himself through us. But there needs to be a place where the goodness of God is so abundant it will shut the mouths of people that have given him such a bad reputation. But what happens is many people can't handle the goodness of God at the level he wants to give it to them. They get puffed up, they get proud, they get arrogant, they get condescending. But he needs to, and he wants to find a people he can so thoroughly bless who live their lives loving him, money or not, things or not, possessions or not. But it doesn't have to be either or. Is this making sense? Thank you. Um, Andy is paid to appreciate me. But uh, he really does not do it on that basis. Trust me, he's an honest. He's not. AJ is an honest man. I want to come back and appreciate AJ all over again. You know the the reason AJ and I know AJ likes me. I know he does. He gave me basketball tickets. That's why I'm being nice to him. There are other tickets available, I'm sure. But no, I'm just messing. No, but AJ. You know, he's an honest man. You, we went through months of negotiations about things. And you, 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 you learn about people. You know, what kind of people they are. He, he heard me say a cuss word at a very weak moment. And it endeared me to his heart. He thought, this is a, this is a Christian I can identify with. So anyway, I'm, I'm probably in trouble, but I'm okay. All right, now. Let's go to, uh, man, I got plenty of time. I'm on a roll, too. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm not going to read this yet. I'm going to read something else first, but it will lead into this. Thanksgiving can literally change our circumstances. You see, one of the things we have difficulty understanding is our heart attitude, our faith, can do something in the supernatural realm where things will be released to us that would not always be released to us. Is that making sense? What I'm saying is who you are and how you conduct yourself as a believer can actually release God to do things for you that he wouldn't necessarily just do otherwise. Now you think, oh, that's not really fair. I'm not talking about fair. I'm talking about God. 
I mean, if you believe um, that believers tap into something that unbelievers don't tap into, then this is, this, is not, this is not a stretch. But there are things you can do. There are hard attitudes that affect God's, I don't know how to put it, willingness to release and to help. And I could go through the Bible and show you episode after episode. But here's, here's the deal. I'm going to read Second Chronicles 20, 20 through 24. There's a whole story before it, and I'm sure there's a whole story after it, but it's too much to get into. Just hear this part. Verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat, that is a very cool name. How many of you know, who, uh, any of you with pregnant? Uh, oh, well. I couldn't even get my kids to name any of their babies after me, so I'm not very good at this. So Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And this is what they were saying. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now you probably... People are always going to feel sorry for Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. I don't personally. I'm going to be thankful that when enemies, and when you're talking about enemies in life, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about um, evil influences that can wreck our lives. But what we see here in Second Chronicles is that in the natural realm, in the earth realm, in the dirt and rock and brick and mortar realm, when the people of God began to praise God, and here's what praise is. Praise is thanksgiving on steroids. Praise is when you are being thankful and you really tap into why and who it is you're grateful to his wonder opens up to you when you go into this other realm called praise. So you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, but you get even closer as you are really inwardly seeing how good he is. It registers in you as more than just being thankful, but as praise. And when these people praised God, God released a circumstance that saved them. Actually, at the end of it, their enemies got mad at each other, beat each other up and killed each other, and Judah collected all their goods. That's the Old Testament. But that's important. When they began to praise, when they began to sing and sing praise, the Lord was inspired to move on their behalf. How many of you think that's a good thing? Yeah, praise is a very good thing. Actually, in our worship, we're going to hit some high levels of praise, and it's going to change atmospheres. It's going to change circumstances. We won't even understand how it, ha how it happened. You, you know, um, 
I remember um, Peanuts, Charlie Brown and Lucy and a little character in Peanuts named Pigpen. And everywhere Pigpen went, this cloud followed him. And what Pigpen represents to me is a negative, critical, complaining person. Cloud, they, they, their atmosphere changers. Did you know that? Do you know you have the, you know, Christians should be thermostats and not thermometers. You should set your atmosphere. We're going to see in a minute that you can get so good at setting your atmosphere through thanksgiving and praise that it will, in an unbelievably wonderful way, change people who just happen to be in your jurisdiction that may not even be friends of yours. That doesn't make any sense, but I've got an amazing example of it. Here it is in Acts Acts 16. Everybody okay? This is really good. I'm having preaching to myself. But at midnight, let's read this together. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, in a lot of ancient prisons, you sat in your own feces, or you sat in dark holes. They were not 21st century prisons. They were pretty nasty, nasty places. So at midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. They've been thrown into jail for their faith. They didn't do anything wrong. And those in the prison were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. So here's what happens. And here's what I believe. I believe no praying and singing, no earthquake. Singing and praying, earthquake. No singing, praying, no earthquake. There's a correlation between what was going on in Paul and Silas's heart in their terrible circumstance, how they reacted to it, and what God would initiate in response. Or why have this in the Bible? And I happen to be a Bible believer. It's, it's my only fault. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison, how many of you in some kind of a prison needs to be shaken? Come on, come on. If you can't make these applications, I'm just going to have to come down there. The foundations of the prison were shaken. All the doors were opened. Whose chains were loosed? Oh, well, you know, God, if, you know, Paul and Silas, they're the only ones. Because the rest of those guys weren't praising God. They didn't deserve it. No, Paul and Silas didn't deserve it. They weren't earning a victory. They were celebrating God in the mess they were in. Yeah, none of them, none of us deserve to get blessed. I mean, that's the whole truth of the gospel. If if um, Jesus didn't die for us, heaven would burst, be empty. And, and, and so this great earthquake shakes the foundations of the prison. The doors were opened, chains were loosed, 
Now, verse 27, read this with me. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now, here's why. If the warden loses prisoners, the government kills the warden. You you see this a couple places. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm. We're all here. That is, that, you see, that is amazing. Paul had such a heart. Let, let, me, let me tell you, folks, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to adopt someone else in the room. What? I want you to care about somebody in the room. Adopt them. Make up your mind. You're going to be really, really good to them. You're going to care about other people. That's what I'm saying. Paul should have jumped and run for his life. But you see, there's something about knowing the Lord. There's something about um, knowing God the way Paul knew the Lord that he sat there when he could have run, he could have left, but instead he tries to help the people that put him in jail. What kind? Of, there's no other religion that does that to people. There's no other religion that does that to people. So he called for a light, ran in, fell down before the trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How would, how would you like to have such a profound knowledge of God that the way you reacted to life would cause other people to ask you? You know, man, when I first met the Lord, we buttonholed everybody in Charlotte. Mark Mathis's dad and I, Joe, we, we gave out 10,000 tracks in Charlotte. We would grab you and bring you to Jesus. And we were not very successful at it. But Paul had such a life in God, and it was directly connected to his heart attitude of praise and thanksgiving. He's in a terrible condition. What does he do? He, he and Silas get to praising God. They get to thanking God. And the foundations shake. The doors are opened. And he leads the jailer and his entire household to the Lord. Paul's praise and thanksgiving had the following effects. Heaven responded. An earthquake came. The foundations we're shaking. You see, these are types, you know, because the jailer's foundation of life was shaken. Do you see what I'm saying? He, he suddenly goes from, I'm going to kill myself because everybody to escape to, I need to know what these guys know. His very foundations were shaken. Substantial underlying causes that work against us are weakened. Can you hear that? Through what? Through just this simple practice. You know, the enemy loves for you to complain. He loves for you to do that because it attracts all the other stuff. See, complaint is the adversary's equivalent of thanksgiving. It's pig pen. Pig pen all over. You you find people, you know, if you're going to bellyache, do it somewhere else. Don't do it around me. I got enough trouble of my own. That's terrible. I didn't really say that, but 
No, but what happens is we set atmospheres. A little cloud of gloom and doom. And, 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 and the worst kind is religious people that somehow think they're being godly. It's just stupid. It's, gosh, give me a break. Doors were opened. Opportunities become available that were formerly impossible. I'm stuck in my job. Well, praise God. I remember I told you a couple weeks ago, I was in a job. I didn't get in full-time ministry until I think I was 40 or 41. And I read a book this guy wrote that basically said, as long as you complain, you're going to stay in your own wilderness. And if you don't stop complaining, you're liable to die there. And it, actually, Leonard, Leonard and I, uh, part of this ministry, and this fellow wrote this, Rick wrote this book, and Donna was reading that to me, and I had been complaining. I'm good at it. And, and I told her, I'm done with complaining. I'm done with it. It ain't working. It ain't working. It is working. It's a problem. It's getting worse. But I'm not working it anymore. And within just a matter of months, opportunity came. Doors opened. Foundations were shaken. Opportunities become available that were formerly impossible. You got to look at life other, if you look at life like everybody else looks at life, you're going to be like everybody else. You got to have a different way of looking at things. You really do. If you want to be different, you got to be different. Everyone's shackles, everyone, say that with me. Everyone's shackles unfastened. When Paul's, when Paul lived out his freedom, in that terrible circumstance, everybody around him eventually got free themselves, supernaturally. Everybody shackled, not just Paul. If I were God, I would say, look at Paul and Silas, me, God bless them, shackles be removed. Now run away from those other guys that don't care that much about me. No, he, he everyone shackles. Everyone in your realm of influence can get touched by God, whether they like it or not, if you're moving in God at the level you want to move in God. Everyone shackles. Mercy and salvation were manifested. The jailer's life was spared. The family was brought to faith in Jesus. I really like that. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. Here's what we're going to do. How many of you are convicted that you're not living in accordance with God's best for your life and you're not being thankful? How many of you are convicted? Yeah, let's do this. It won't hurt. Just stand up. Let's stand up and acknowledge God is convicting us. And there's no club to join. You could still feel that way and not get up. There's no club. Lord, we're just responding this morning to your word. We've been reading your words. We've been looking at the Bible, what the Bible says about things. And we're asking that you would release in us...
that high level of thanksgiving and appreciation and praise towards you in every circumstance. Lord, we, we just ask for a grace. We ask for an impartation. We ask for you to touch our hearts in ways that we, that the blinders, that the blinders fall off. That instead of having a negative orientation, we have a God-filled positive orientation. That we don't uh, see the worst in people. We see the best in them. And, and we call them into that best place. We find the gold. And we, and we, we speak to that and we, Lord, for atmospheres, we want to be carriers, Lord, of your goodness, carriers of your presence. We're asking, Lord, you have not because you ask not or you ask uh, amiss to consume it on your lust. Lord, we're not asking amiss. We ask for a tangible expression of your power and presence in our lives that results us in us being grateful and thankful more and more and more and more. And we just ask for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, I want to thank you. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. Lord, you, um, you broke open the heavens and came down. You subjected yourself to being born uh, in a dark, grimy stable. Lord, you are so amazing. You demonstrated, you demonstrated through your life. You had an anointing of joy more than anyone else, the Bible tells us. People criticized you. They said you were a drunkard and... um, that you ate and drank too much. But Lord, you, you, you knew how to have fun. Lord, you knew how to have fun. You knew you were in touch with your Father in such a way that you could transcend every situation, every circumstance. You could walk a line and you could do it in such a way that you never committed sin, not one sin. Jesus' name, thank you, amen. Leonard shared one thing with us this morning, and it went parallel with something I was thinking. Leonard was saying that in the Old Testament, when they brought sacrifices to to gain their forgiveness under that um, dispensation, when they brought the sacrifice, the, the priest never looked at the person's condition that brought it. He looked at the sacrifice. See, and based on the condition of the sacrifice, the sins were remitted and a new life and a new chance came. Well, to to parallel with that, we don't get healed. We don't receive anything that we receive because of our obedience. We receive everything we receive based on the obedience of the Son of God on our behalf. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the true gospel. Should we be obedient? Of course. But that's not the point. We receive everything we receive 
on the basis of the sinless, spotless offering, the Lord Jesus himself. We release healing to everyone in here this morning, not on the basis of your maturity, of how well you know the Bible, or any of that, but we release health and healing right now. If you need to be healed, just stick your hand up. Just stick your hand up if you need to touch. And those of you, just, just touch people. But, but in the name of Jesus, we release the kind of blessing Jesus bought for us. We release health. We speak to arthritis. We speak to, um, the result, I'm thinking of Julie, the result of her physical conditions, we, we break off, we release in Jesus' name, based on the virtue of Jesus, the obedience of Jesus, we re- release health, we release healing, we, we release um, deliverance from deep-seated fear in the name of Jesus. Just receive that. I, I'm, just, I'm just doing this by faith. I may not even have authority to do it. But I release brand new situations and brand new circumstances in people's lives that have hit dead ends, that are in box canyons, that don't know how to get through where they are. I release that right now by faith. Just, um, I release, um, light to go on in your mind. Uh, it says their eyes were darkened by certain things. Well, I release uh, a light an inner reality of hope. I release that right now. Um, I release hope right now. I release hope. I release ridiculous hope. I release Abraham level hope who hoped against hope. We, we break down every evil, wicked circumstance, everything trying to hinder what God has in our lives. We release hope. We release faith. We release confidence. We release thanksgiving right now. How many of you can feel a little something going on inwardly? Yeah. Let's just, let's just wait a second. Let it burn in there a little bit. So you can feel God doing things at times. When you're miserable, you certainly feel that, right? You can feel the goodness of God. Some of you have the goodness of God on your life and you haven't recognized it. You're so much in your brain. I just break off an excessive connection to mental things. An excessive connection to reason. Yes. Yes. Unreasonable reason that invalidates the truth of the gospel. We break that off. Come on. That's awesome. The Lord is, I believe he's really saying this. I have new dispositions for people. I have new transformational heart dispositions for people that would like a new way to look at things. If you want a new way to look at things, just raise your hand. Just just thank the Lord. I believe that. I believe that. We, we dispel this dark spiritual climate in our minds that recent political events have tried to uh, uh, come forcing down upon us to affect our way of thinking. We, we renounce all of that. We, we, we see grace. We see forgiveness. We see mercy. We see the kindness of God. We see a future. We see a hope for the church, for our nation. We just believe God to transform lives in ways that are, are 
utterly unbelievable. Lord, you show, oh, I'm just preaching. Lord, you showed me, um, a, a um, a, a wealth and a source of forgiveness and transformation for people from what they deserved. I released the reality of the gospel where you should have tanked because of what you thought and what you did or what you should have done and didn't do. You deserve not to do well. The Lord says, I want you to do well anyway. Deliverance from deserved circumstance. I just speak that out and I just release that confidence that no matter what you've done or where you are, God can break it off and you can break through. Uh, from, from the pain of miscarriages, from the pain of abortions, from the pain of broken relationships, I just release the substance of the goodness of God and the gospel of God and the power of God that can transform any situation. We just release that right now. Amen. Amen. That's good. Let's thank him. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We have uh, ministry teams that are very good at helping people that need prayer uh, for healing or maybe you just need somebody to care about you or something prophetic. The Lord can just speak to you, something positive. Um, if, you would, if you would like that, if you'll come over on this side of the auditorium this morning, we have teams that would be glad to just pray for you and bless you. Anyway, wasn't the worship good this morning? It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I want to. I want to also thank the choir. <laughs> okay. Have a great week, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, everybody. Be nice to AJ. He helped us get the building.